Okay, now we're recording. Take this time to blow your nose, if you haven't, for the audience. I'm okay. Um, This won't be left in, by the way. It might be, who knows. Um, All right. Just do the intro. All right. Uh, Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to Your Time Starts Now, a Taskmaster podcast uh, featuring uh, your hosts, Emerson and Joe. Um, so, uh, Joe, uh, my friend from across the pond, what has been going on in your life since we recorded episode four? Not much as, um, many people who might've watched a little program called the news might know, uh, president Joe Biden became the, uh, leader of the United States, which means that I'm going to be spending a very fun four to eight years hearing my name called that every moment of the day because the news is on in my house all the time. Uh, also, I just wanted to uh, bring up something that I found on the internet that as a British person, you might be able to help me with. So because YouTube okay. is weird and I watch weird things on it, um, I started being recommended these videos about an about a ford in Rufford, which is a village in Nottinghamshire. And okay. it's, it's literally, do you know what a ford is? A Ford, is this, how, how are we spelling it? F-O-R-D, it's, it's about, it's when it's a, a car, road that's a car, just that's a make of goes, car, right? no, no, it's, this is when a road just goes into a river very briefly. Oh, is, yes, I do, I do know that. I, I, I forgot, I forgot it was called that though, but yes, I do know what you're talking about. And I, I discovered this and I'm actually like, it's one of those things that people are commenting, like, why is this so fun to watch? I'm, I'm actually getting pissed off at it more and more because this is a Ford in Rufford, Nottinghamshire, and I guess in a park. And it's not, and we have them in the United States. They're not incredibly common. There's like one that's in a national, in a national park near my house. And it's like six inches deep because that that part of the park is named after the river that the road is fording through. This is this is fucking insane. This is Rufford Ford, which is a river that happens to flow over a dip in the road, and as a result, the road is like four feet underwater sometimes. And these people <laughs> who live near this <clears throat> have decided that they're going to go out and film all the people trying to drive through it because this is, and I must stress this an active and busy road that you have to ford through one to four feet of water and this guy has got like 11 like today's january 22nd number 11 just went up and i'm just first of all i'm boggled that this even exists because half of the videos that this man posts are about people driving into the water and killing their cars so I'm astonished that the council hasn't fixed this because this is not to shit on the United Kingdom, but in the United States, this is not a road. This is a hazard. This is someone is going to get sued and that's going to get fucking fixed. Okay, this is not like some something that would happen here. Second of all, I really am so annoyed by the YouTube commenters on this because they all seem to think that because they've watched a six minute long video of people driving through it, that they somehow know 
how to deal with this and are therefore making fun of all the people who break their cars. And I'm just so mad about it because as someone who drives a lot, if I was presented with no other warning, because there's a sign that says how deep the water is, that sign is in the middle of the water and you can't see it that well because sometimes it's covered by water. So there's just a sign that says feet, and you have no idea how many feet that is because the four-foot mark has been covered. So you think, oh, maybe it's just like a foot deep. I can wade through this. And then you drive into it, and then your car bricks because it's ingested like 10,000 gallons of water, which the YouTube commenters make loads of fun about this. But the problem is that when I learned to drive, I was told that if you ever encounter a flooded road, you're to drive through it very quickly because that way, if your car stops, it will be swept away by water. I'm imagining that a lot of people learned this as well. And, and if I was presented with this with no other training, I would assume that too. And apparently that's the exact wrong thing you're going to do because that makes the water splash into your engine air intake. But the fact that these people are making fun of drivers who are experiencing a civil engineering defect. And like, this, this is not a thing that should be happening. This is not like a thing that should exist. And these people are making fun of them for it because it's like, oh, you drove too fast. You get what you deserve. It's like, bitch, when did I just, when did the local council decide that, that my car needed to have an outboard motor and a tiller? Okay. This is, this is like canal. I'm expecting there to be like an, a collision with a canal boat at any moment in this, these videos. This is insane. I'm going to put this in the Discord because this, this shit is nuts. But I'm just really annoyed. Okay, that, I'll, I'll check the Discord. That these, people, that these people think that this is like a mockable offense as if, you know, driving, you know, across the English Channel in your Land Rover is something that everyone knows how to do. Well, but that's, um, that's my, that's my little rant over just because I, I, it's, it's making fun of people for not knowing how to deal with a situation that shouldn't exist. And I can't handle, and I can't handle that I, calmly. I think you need to calm down or else you'll be too angry to do the rest of this. Oh no! I oh don't worry about that. Um, the Boulder task. I have choice words for Tim Key, so we'll have uh, we'll have fun there. Okay. Um, I I can but comment on. Do that. you have anything else? I have a comment to yeah. make on what you've just said. Um, but before I do, I should stress to the uh, listeners that I have a cold, as if me sneezing uh, two or three times last episode wasn't enough. Um, I know it's a cold because it's purely nose based. Don't worry, I've not got COVID. Uh, or at least any symptoms of it. Um, so I can I can comment on uh, your anger towards the um, the Ford because my family owns a Land Rover, and we also because my my family primarily lives in London. Well, I mean, we we do live in London. What am I saying primarily for? But so my family lives in London. I go to university uh, in the southeast of England. And we own, but we also own a second house because we're very middle class. Excuse me, that's staying in. 
Um, we You're not own... going to get any judgment from me. My my parents own an, an abandoned orphanage. Fucking hell. Um, anyway, so we own a second house in the southwest of England uh, on the border of a national park called Exmoor. Gorgeous place. And right at the bottom of the road where our second house is, is a fort. We don't go through it enough, though, because it's not part of a main road. It's just to an extra parking space, basically. A few extra parking spaces, basically. But it's it's not a main road. Yeah, but... Yeah, I, I get it. I've, I've done it before. It's not like it's a difficult thing to understand, but... The the depth of this thing. Just have you seen the Discord? Just the thumbnail of the video. Just like, a second. My Discord likes to play up. Uh, do, 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 do. Because oh yeah. Oh god. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. And people are making fun of the drivers in that like that little Corsa that sank. As if this is like an ex- a, a, an expectable thing to to know how to deal with. It's like, oh, you don't know how to drive through a Ford. You don't know how to go slowly and make a bow wave. It's like it's nine million miles deep. How that's do a, you know how to approach this? That's like a that's, that looks like a flood. Like that looks like the UK during a no, bad that's, flood season. That's this road on any given day. According to this video, because that's num- this is video number eleven. How many are there in total? Eleven's the most recent one. Eleven. Oh shit! And how long is each with, video? With like, this is six minutes long. Six uh, minutes. These videos, the, the first video went up a month ago. Oh gosh. So there have been 11 videos this month, including a fail compilation of people who just go in and, cr- and, and like seize their engines with water. And the comments are just so vicious to like white van drivers and people who, who go in with, with like too much speed. And it's like, I understand that there is a social stigma in the United Kingdom against white van drivers. I understand that you like making people, making fun of people who make mistakes. This is not an, a situation where these people can be expected to know how to deal with this. This is like, this is like telling someone, if you don't beat Michael Phelps in a swimming competition, I'm going to make fun of you. Michael, Michael Phelps, by the way, won seven goals. So yeah, I know, I know who Michael Phelps is. I'm not that deluded. That's, that's. That's for the benefit of the audience. And I always want to make sure that I don't make references they don't get. But this is like, it's it's so irritating that this is what they choose to make fun of. It's like, oh, oh, oh you can't drive in a Ford. It's like, fuck you. I, people, there are people in the world who could drown in that Ford just by walking through it. I expect. I think there must be like a weir or something further up the river because otherwise there would surely be a collision with a canal boat. I mean, I've never been, so I, I wouldn't just, know. And you haven't rambled. I think this you can lot. see it in some of. You haven't rambled in some this of these videos. American football since episode three was it that you 
rambled on about yeah, football. The, the, the Cleveland so Browns lost. I'm very sad about it, but they're actually decent now, so they're probably going to go even further next year, and I'm super hyped for it because we played that well without a coach for one of our biggest games and because he was sick. So this is th- that's going to be a hell of a thing next year. But um, anyways, I think I've rambled for long enough. If you do have a comment about Rufford Ford or the Cleveland Browns or Emerson anything Sandfold, else, uh, please reach out to us at ytsnpod at gmail.com. Uh, leave your comment line. I don't think that laughing at drowning cars is fun. And and we can talk about that. Um, sure. Is there Do you remember that Patreon that may or may not? And uh, now I'll probably be fine by tomorrow. The, Patri- that, the, the Patreon, Patreon page may or may not exist. At the, at the time of recording this, the, we still haven't created the Patreon. We may never create the Patreon because we do all this for fun. If we create the Patreon, if we create the Patreon, I want one of the tiers of the Patreon to be um, make enough money for Joe to fly to Rufford Ford and yell at people for for making fun of them on the internet. I will do that if we if if that's a tier that we get to. Well, I will stand. I will I will wear my gaudiest Hawaiian shirt, my gaudiest Hawaiian print bathing suit, stand in the middle of that Ford and yell at the people on the cameras, saying this is not an acceptable. This is not a thing that people expect. You shouldn't make fun of them for it. If you, if you turned up dressed like that, people would point at you and say, Jesus Christ, that is the most American-looking man ever. That is exactly what... You can't hide the accent. You can't hide the accent. You can't hide the man. So you've got to just lean into it and go. Although I would like to point out that one time when I was in uh, Niagara Falls, Canada... A very nice Canadian couple thought I was English, and I still laugh Why? at that sometimes. I don't know. Genuinely, do not know. I mean, shit happens sometimes. I guess. I mean, some, some. Although I'm apparently famous in in Canada because I went to Niagara Falls one year for the for Canada Day slash Fourth of July because they're about four days apart, so there's a lot of fireworks. I got stopped over that four-day period by no less than 12 people who claimed that they had seen me on the television or otherwise approached me as though I was the most approachable person in the world. So I don't... What what, what did you do? Someone in Canada has my face and uses it for good. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know why I was famous in Canada in July of 2014, but I I was, maybe I still am, and I'm fine with that. But maybe. Um, anyway, we've spent 15 minutes on Rufford Ford, so we should probably get to uh, Taskmaster now. I will say, though, if... Thank you. This is your... Before we, before we move on to the oh, prize I, task, I'll just say, if, you're, if you ever go back to uh, Canada... I'd say just run around and ask people if uh, they recognize you. I have. It didn't, um, it didn't, no one really said anything and I got searched at the border. So uh, Canadian border services can stick it up their ass. What is border service like that? 
Imagine having every preconception about polite Canadians destroyed in the matter of 35 seconds. Oh, shit. They're very not polite there. They're very, like, accusatory about everything. And it's like, man, I don't know what thought, what, you know, trumped up versions of your country you have dancing around in your head, but there's no way I would ever want to live here. I want to go here because I want to go see the CN Tower. That's, that's why I want to go to Toronto. I do not care about overstaying my visa, which is what they must have assumed that I was doing there. Well, um, that, 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 that's, that's, that's quite the story. Um, shit. Oh yeah. I, I always end up having some form of capital A adventure. It's a, it's a hell of a thing. I don't have, I don't have I any once narrowly avoided getting. I once narrowly avoided getting into a train crash in an airport. So that's like how I go. That's a story for another day. Maybe, maybe it, that is a story for another time. Well, the thing is, though, if we plan to record episode six um, uh, two days from now, so if my cold has cleared up by then, I might jump into depths about a, a story of my own. It probably won't be a recent one because there's yeah. nothing recent to say. Um, but if I, yeah, if I have, if you'd like, if I have, if you'd like to hear stories from the both of us, please write to us at ytsnpod at gmail.com and ask about it. We might do a bonus episode. I just want to say, you might as well get uh, the email address tattooed on your forehead. But I can't see my forehead. You don't need to, but everyone else can. I, I just get it put on a shirt. I'm considering getting a, a, Hawaiian a, shirt. a shirt that just says... Yeah, that, or um, I'm considering getting a shirt that has yee-yee-ass haircut written on it, because that meme is really funny right now. I mean, different Which, memes are popular in different places. Yeah. No, that's the, uh, to date this episode even further, um, it's the Lamar Roast Franklin meme I've been from GTA 5, so uh, it's pretty funny. But anyways, episode, it's been 20 minutes. It has indeed. Jesus it's Christ. Been, we, we, we like to just... This, this is our version of Greg and Alex banter before the episode. So, um... Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say that we, we said in the first episode we weren't going to do any banter and then proceeded to do two hours of banter. So, let's, let's do the prize That's basically test. what this test. podcast is. Two, two hours of banter. Yeah. The um, episode five, Little Denim Shorts. Uh, what's the prize test? Um, but before before we do the prize test, there's just thing I think I'd like to say about Greg's speech uh, at the beginning because I don't normally talk about uh, this um, because I I just see no reason to. But Greg says during his speech um, uh, something something something. But at times they will probably get really angry, and then the camera the camera cuts to rummish at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like God, that was why. that was deliberate, you, and you can kind of see that Romish is a there's a little bit of bitterness in Romish's eyes as as the camera points at him. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just thought that was a funny way to start off. So prize task is uh, I'm just going to drum roll on the side of this. We couldn't afford a, an actual drum roll sound effect, so we're just rolling with that. 
it is most valuable item. Uh, hence the incredibly cheap drum roll. Uh, so obviously you know how the prize task works. They 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 bring in all their that shit from that they dug up from their their attic and um, that they don't mind losing and just bring it in. Um, so oh, Ramesh, if Ramesh pulled his thing out of the attic, I'll be shot. No, maybe he's just got like a. We'll, we'll get to Ramesh's in a second, but maybe it's just like a Mary Poppins style bag, and he reaches in and he just pulls it out. <laughs> That's my favorite sight gag. Like, is the endless bag? Um, well, I don't. I've got something to say about Romish's prize, but we, will, but we'll get to that when we know, tell you what it is. Because, I mean, you probably know already, but we'll keep it quiet until the time being. So, uh, uh, Mr. Frank Skinner, um, uh, the a the wise on wise and old sage that Mr. Frank Skinner is, he has brought in. A ring that was uh, six hundred pounds when he first bought it, but it's net in two thousand. A uh, year I was born. Uh, oh my god, you're so young! I am young. I'm. I'm going to be. I've mentioned this a couple of times. I'm going to be twenty this year. I turned twenty-four like last month. I feel so old compared to you. Um, well, there's there's like a nearly a five year difference, but. Fuck it. Um, so the ring was six hundred pound when Frank bought it, uh, but now um, fourteen years later, because this was uh, filmed in two thousand fifteen, uh, it's valued at just under four thousand pounds. And f- yeah, three thousand nine hundred ninety-five pounds. Which oh my god. Frank was shocked. He he was shooketh. That that man was quaking in his boots. You could see that he. You could see that he immediately regretted having bought it. Brought it because it would have been more useful to him someplace else. I mean, it it almost. um, Sorry, Um, it almost doesn't matter because of the outcome of the episode. But Josh Mm -hmm. trounced that uh, by signing a blank check. For a maximum of twenty thousand um, pounds, not much more to be said on there. Which I hope they didn't act because they blew up the check, but they still included a routing number and account number on the bottom of the enormous check. I hope that's not Josh's real banking information. I mean, they they wouldn't do that. They they've um, had people's bank details on the show before, but censored them. They censor things like number plates and pin codes and stuff. Yeah, I'm just, I'm hoping, because it didn't look like they did, but I don't know enough about how British banking systems work to know for certain. I mean, I, I could tell you, but I don't really know myself. I've just got a debit card. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you know how that works, contact us, ytsmpod at gmail.com. Should we just turn that into a drinking um, game? Anyways. Every time you say the email, we take a drink. Yes, yes, we should. Or well, you should. I drank all my water ready. I mean, all I've got is water, and it's no fun if you just drink water. Although I'll probably just take a drink anyway. Yep, but um, Roshin. Anyway, Roshin. Yeah, and Roshin. her diamond ring. Uh, Roshin uh-huh. starts just starts going in with saying like it's a. Uh, a beautiful piece of uh, jewelry, but Greg cuts her off. 
He says he knows it's not a diamond ring, and Roshin uh, admits it costs twelve pounds, about the price of uh, three yeah. Starbucks coffees. Yeah, it's uh, not not great. Um, because of course, it- not much more to say about Roshin other than she is uh, getting more and more abysmal as the show progresses. Then we have Mr. Mm-hmm. Ramesh Ranganathan, uh, a favorite of ours. Um, Ramesh has bought in a Peugeot 407. Uh, Decent-sized car. Uh, probably probably could have dug it out of his attic, to be quite honest. Uh, driven it all the way down the stairs and out of the front door. Um, currently worth uh, 590 pounds. Making it, and when did he say he got it? Because I thought he bought a four hundred five, and he—it seemed like it was fourteen years old, which would have made it a two thousand one. Except that this falls into a very strange area because I looked this up. The four hundred seven started production in two thousand and three, and the four hundred five stopped production in two thousand, or actually nineteen ninety seven. So I'm I'm kind of confused as to which to which one it is. This is this is this is a. Did he say it was a? F- in in the UK, Taskmaster is what we call a light entertainment show. It doesn't need a great deal of thinking about it. That's that's true. I I put great deal of thinking into it because I like cars. Uh, you, yeah, you put you probably really dig that car, although it's probably quite. As worth- as a tangent, I I'm really excited that um Fiat Chrysler just merged with. Uh, Peugeot Citroen, because that means that the United States is going to get French cars again. And they're going to eventually be boring and normal, but the first few years of that are going to be French cars developed by Italians, built in built in Italy for the American market, and sold by people who don't know how to pronounce French words. I'm so here for whatever Citroen C3 Cactus Aircrossed nonsense that we get. I'm so on board. I'm so ready. Um, if anyone else is interested in that, please, please, please just say at the email we've mentioned so many times you don't need us to say it again. YTSNpod at gmail.com. If you're listening on at home, get 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 out some get out some alcohol in any capacity. And every time, uh, Joe, not me, Joe says the email address. Uh, take a drink. Um, that should be the name of this episode: is prepare for alcohol poisoning. Oh uh, yeah, we'll do that one. Yeah, well, that's what that's what we'll call this one. Um, message. I'll just. Can you just message me that in the Discord chat so I don't forget? Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. uh, Tim Key. Uh, Timothy Kennethy, as I like to call him, uh, brought in eight copies of his book. Uh, each of them is currently worth £3.50 on Amazon, which totals to £28 in total. Uh, that, Does it matter that his are signed? They're or? not signed uh, at the moment. Yes. Uh, that will probably drive the price up no more than about £5 per book. Okay. So yes, it's still not e- not even as valuable as Romish's car. No, but then again, we weren't expecting five hundred and ninety five hundred and ninety pound car. 
which, you know, it's still a really good thing to bring. That's like uncharacteristically competent. Of yeah, that, that was a good prize. Which is, which also in, in step for, in normal move for Ramesh, his wife doesn't know that he's brought it. Hmm. Ramesh might as well have brought his whole his house keys with him, and his wife wouldn't have known. I was expecting Ramesh at some point to bring his wife and say that she didn't know. Oh, that 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 would be something. Um, but what I like to imagine, obviously, the they couldn't fit the car itself up on the balcony where the prizes are. So they just yeah. they just put the keys up or something or a picture. But I would have liked to have seen the actual car there. And then the winner at the end of the episode got in the car and then drove it around the studio. I think it would have been funnier if they had like taken just the front bumper of the car and put it up there because Ramesh, because then it could have just really irritated Ramesh that they defaced his car. <laughs> oh God, that's so good. That's so good. Like, like they cut up there and there's like a door or the or a wheel or something, and Ramesh is like, what the fuck did you do to the car? Like, really? like they haven't told him they did this? Oh, they, they, they should do a in-between-a-star thing and just put one of the doors. Yeah. Yeah, something, something like that where it's very clear that they have altered the car, and then Greg could say it's worth less now, and then Ramesh could lose points because Ramesh losing points is funny. Yeah, it but, is. Um, have, you seen, have you seen the in-between? Anyways... Um, no, I haven't. I've seen Ramesh on other TV shows, though. Ramesh isn't in the Inbetweeners. But the, the Inbetweeners no, is fantastic. It's so good. I will have to add that of the pile of things to think about watching and then never watch. It's, it is... Which is more... It's, it's more consideration than I give to a lot of TV shows. I'll... I might watch the Inbetweeners someday. The thing is, you have to be really into like, tragic, relatable comedy to like the Inbetweeners. Oh no, then I'm not going to watch it because I don't, I don't like tragic things to begin with. And second of all, if anything is relatable to me, it's relatable to exactly zero other people. So when, when I say the Inbetweeners like, is tragic, I don't mean it's like people die and stuff in it. It's just like you've got these four teenage boys who just live their life and they are they they try to try to get like they try to pick up girls they try to be cool they try alcohol they try oh, drugs. Is it awkward and comedy? it just it is for comedy it's I, it's not I, real drugs obviously hate, no, no no i hate awkward comedies they always make me want to like cringe into my own body well that's a shame because that's reason. what most british comedy is like oh yeah yeah, it's it's very weird how I can handle that. British crime dramas though are my shit. Like, I'm really pissed they took Shetland off of Netflix because I am not paying for fucking BritBox. I paid for BritBox at which point at which point BritBo BritBox can email us at ytsnpod at gmail dot com. I pay. I briefly paid for a BritBox subscription to watch the new Spitting Image. Um... It's all right. I mean, I, w I would watch it again, but just because it's like, why not? Which is a very no, I weird thing. Real... Uh, anyway, uh, after... Sorry? 
Never mind. Never mind. Let's keep going. Um, we're, we're nearly 32 minutes in. Um, so the scores are as follows. Uh, Josh gets five for his uh, hugely uh, expensive blank check. Then it's Frank with his uh, m- more valuable uh, ring than he had anticipated. Rubbish's car is next. Then Tim's books. And finally, Roisin's diamond ring. Now onto the first task proper. And yes. I believe you want to talk about this one. Yes. Yes, I do. This is actually the first time we see the Taskmaster garage as well. But um, this is get this boulder as far from this place as possible. You have one hour. Open on a smoking boulder in the garage. There's actually a sci-fi version of the Taskmaster theme as the boulder is unveiled. The This is such a great task. Actually, and in the YouTube video for this episode, the, the entire description of it is the, t- the contestants take a boulder for a pleasant excursion. Then they try to make a Swedish man blush, which we'll get to the Swede in a minute. But boulder for a pleasant excursion is such a wonderful. Fred the Swede phrase. is a great character in the TMCU. The TMCU. Yeah. That's what we'll call it. Yes, the Taskmaster Cinematic Universe. But exactly. um, so, so we first start with uh, everyone's favorite Rasheen Kennedy, Rasheen Kennedy, which um, she tries to get a removal service to bring about a van and come and pick it up. She uh, she called exactly one service, which. After numerous attempts to actually hire one, it took her 28 minutes for the van service to tell her that they couldn't do it, partly because she wanted to take this to Camber Sands, which is very far away, but notably two hours away, when she had like 25 minutes left at that point. Camber Sands, as a note, the only time I've heard of it before now was in the song Pulling Muscles from the Shell by Squeeze which I didn't realize that was the lyrics until I watched this episode and then was thinking about Camber Sands, at which point the lyrics suddenly made sense to me. I mean, I've never but, been to Camber Sands. It's, I mean... It's I, a I, dune... I, com- it's a... It's, a, it's like a seaside it's town. It's dunes, isn't it? Just sand dune? Um, no, it's... It's, a be- it's like a beach. It's, yeah, it's a beach in Sussex. East Sussex. Okay. But uh, yeah, Rasheen was thinking about that place because she wanted to take a day trip there. So um, yeah, the van, the van company didn't pan out. So she ended up rolling the boulder along the Thames because the Taskmaster house is like a Sorry, couple you, hundred yards from the Thames. You forgot something. Huh? You forgot what? to say that Rasheen sat in the house for nearly half an hour and had not moved the boulder one inch. Well, that was while she was trying to call the uh, the van service, which took 25, 28 minutes, as everyone will yell at her about. Um, she she eventually just gave up and started rolling this lightweight bolt because it's made of like fiberglass or plaster. Yeah, you can, plaster of Paris you can tell it's, it. It needs two people to lift, but that that's only because it's quite hard to, for one person to sort of wrap their arms around it. Yeah, but um, she gets it three hundred yards. Because she is rushing Kennedy, she is a disaster, and this is on par for everything she has done. Uh, I love 
So, I can't believe it's taken me five episodes to say this, but I love how you pronounce Roshin's name like as it's like Roshin. Am it's, I saying it wrong? Am I saying well? It's you, you can't really or, go back from it now, but you're saying Roshin, sort of like it's like an a like a lowercase sounding oh, like when a small child learns the alphabet, they'll say like how it sounds sort of like oh kind of like so you're saying roshin uh when in actuality it's roshin like row as in row oh, well well if rosine Kennedy would like to correct the record on how i've pronounced her name she can write to us at ytsnpod at gmail.com provided that she can get a van company to deliver her the email address which prepare should take for, about 45 minutes and take her to prepare take for her our poisoning everyone Prepare for alcohol poisoning. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All right. Um, now I'm. Um, yeah, Roshin. Now the doctor, next person. Thumbs down from me. Yes, Roshin is always Rashi. Whatever her name is, is always a disaster. Now we get to uh, Ramesh, whose disaster happens to him by accident, where he um he tries to get a van, but because he's smarter than our average Roshin. Uh, he calls three different van companies while he is wheelbarrowing the boulder down a road in Chiswick, presumably near your house. I mean, it's not right near my but, house. Um, I know the area. And also, you said Roshin's and, name wrong again. You, you, you said Rosin. Roshin, Rosin. It's not going to come out right now, so let's just move on. Um Next, Anyways, you're going to be saying. So what, you're next, you're going to be saying Roasin. I had the pronunciation consistent. Now I don't know what I'm saying. It was wrong, but it was consistent. But anyways, Ramesh eventually does get a van driver. I believe his name is Mo. Yeah, his who name. He tells to just drive as fast as he can in the direction that Ramesh was pointing. That takes about half an hour for the van to show up. Actually, no, it takes forty minutes because the van driver. Mo is bad at this, and he uh, and he just doesn't show up, and he eventually does, and he immediately turns left, and then drives towards the Taskmaster house, which means that the boulder traveled three miles, but in actuality was only one point seven five miles from the Taskmaster house. Now, I would like to say something in Ramesh's defense, which is that in the episode, it is claimed that Ramesh had turned a corner. Which is why Mo went in the wrong direction. However, if you look at the screen when they show the path of the boulder, Ramesh travels in a straight line, and then as soon as the boulder is put into the little van icon on the map, it goes forward slightly and then it turns. So it was the fault of Mo, the van driver, or the graphics department didn't realize that Greg wanted to shit on Ramesh some more. So. I would like to point out that it wasn't entirely Ramesh's fault. Should we start a hashtag? That, clear- should we start a hashtag, justice for Ramesh? No. You don't think Ramesh deserves because, justice? Uh, it's fun. No. Because then he'd stop being angry, and then it stops being funny. Yeah, but I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure off camera, Ramesh Ranganathan is a is a really lovely chap. He, he says, well... I'm sure he is, but... Ramesh Ranganathan, if you would like to dis- contest or dispute this 
or agree with this point that you are the angriest man on earth on and off the camera, please write to us at ytsnpod at gmail.com. Take a drink. Take a drink. Take a drink, all of you. And um, But uh, it's funny when Ramesh is upset. Anyways, um, moving right. on to Frank Skinner. Frank Franklin Skinnering. Franklin Skinnering also uses the wheelbarrow, probably because he remembered being invented and was therefore intimately familiar with its use. Speaking of another ancient technology that Frank Skinner was around for the invention of, um, he walks it to Chiswick train station, which is some distance away from the Taskmaster house. I'm not entirely sure. I think um, if I'm being, and, if memory serves correct, I think it's about a mile. But don't quote me on that. About a mile, at which point he boards a train. Do you remember what train company serves Chiswick? Is it Thameslink or Riva? It's most. It's most likely Thameslink. I mean, the, there's a bunch Thames. of train systems operating in London. Um, there's most infamously the Underground, which consists of about ten or eleven lines. Uh, then there's the Overground, which is sort of which is it, it's basically just over one rather long set of map of lines all going obviously above ground. Chiswick is on is on southwestern. That's who it is. Yeah, it's southwestern, but also Thameslink and stuff. Yeah, I, I, but yeah, it, it doesn't. Tech- those trains don't go outside. Of, it's on a route that doesn't go outside of London. Yeah, yeah, it's on the Hounslow route line, according to Wikipedia. Um, but um, if you're if you're interested in further like uh, London transportation, there's um, there's the DLR which serves Jeff- mainly South East London in the Dockland areas. It stands yeah, for DLR stands for yeah. Dockland Light Rail Rails or Railway or something. Um, Abbey you also Road can't forget um the Croydon tra- Croydon Tramlink barely. And then the most recent addition is C- Crossrail. Which will probably be delayed so many times I'll be dead before it's officially open. Or according to um Jeff Marshall, it's the Cross Eliz Purple Rail because it's going to be called the Elizabeth Line, but it's been called Cross Rail for so long that he's grown attached to it. Additionally, there is the Emirates Airline, which is a cable car that goes from nowhere to nowhere. Um Stratford. I think the one of the ferry lines Stratford. that go down it's it's one of the cable car lines the Olympics, yeah where the uh london 2012 olympics took place which i went to by the way yeah. very very excited for you mm. and then um what else there's also uh the london waterways which is the new ferry services that run also overground underground dlr tram link Emirates Airline, London buses. Um, there's a there's one more line that I'll keep it free. Else? Um, there's uh this hasn't entered, excuse me, this hasn't entered production yet. Uh, in fact, it's not even been approved. But I, they're they're considering a second crossrail because the first crossrail crossrail two, the, yeah. There's the uh the first crossrail is sort of like a lilac-y kind of color, and it runs uh west to east. Um. Crossrail 2, which will probably be more like a... If it is approved, it will probably be a lime green. 
will run uh, north to south. Uh, and um, which, considering the uh, the time frame on board, it'll probably be called the Charles Line if we're going in that same vein. Oh, back back when he was mayor of London, uh, Boris Johnson uh, suggested that they should call it the Churchill Line after Winston Churchill. Mm. Which I'm, I'm. Oh, and also that's the other form of that's the other form of transport in London. Boris bikes. I forgot about those. I mean, I've never ridden the, the rental bicycles. Yeah, I have. I have used uh, other rental bikes before. We had um, mo bikes, and I think we've got lime bikes or something as well. Um, I have a quick story about lime bikes, though, because uh, when I went, I went to Seattle in two thousand and eighteen. And we saw the, those very bikes around the city a lot. And then they got brought to London, I think, either late that year or the following year. <laughs> Sorry. That, that's my experience okay. with it. I've, uh, I've, I've used Lime a couple of times, Lime and Bird and Spin, which are all these, these vehicle share companies, but they, they use electric scooters in the, a lot of metro areas, which are fucking terrifying. But, um, those are, those are fun, but you're going to die. Anyways. Um, Frank, uh, when he arrives at Chiswick station actually uses a help point to try to figure out if he can take his boulder on the train. He's never seen such funny. He's never seen such little electric magic. Has he? Um, I would say that he he's more shocked that the help point worked because from my experience in wa watching Jeff Marshall videos, this is probably the first time in Frank Skinner's eons of existence that he's ever seen a functioning help point, um, which is what surprised him. Additionally, uh, around the 1338 mark in the video, there is a man who has a lengthy conversation with Frank about the fact that he is carrying a boulder on the train as if this is like this man has apparently never seen a boulder before which i think is really quite funny and actually i was browsing r slash taskmaster the other day uh, and posted by you you slash trevster 04 entitled boulders a conspiracy that goes deeper than anyone could possibly imagine he he mentions that in season seven, which this is a spoiler for season seven, James A. Caster's band performs their hit song Over My Shoulder. In particular, one of the lyrics is, is that a boulder? For which Greg Davies wonders what the line is a metaphor for. James responds, like, is it a boulder or is it a big rock? Which is an exact match to the conversation that Frank has with a man on this Southwestern service in season one. That's a good callback. That I didn't so, know I I have not seen season seven because I decided I would stay fresh for when we go through it. But I'm going to share this post with you in the Discord. Oh, just um, because it's I was like, oh, that's. that's do you know terrible. about what I? Did you see the post that I posted to the Reddit? Probably, but you'll have to uh, refresh my memory. I've I think seen so. many things. Well, it was right me. after we recorded episode two. And uh, me and Joe had the very heated tree wizard argument. Uh, I took. Is to... that why you posted that article? Not really, but I that, just that thought. Of, I just thought. Why? It's not really the reason. I just thought, oh, 
that makes I, th- I just thought about it and it clicked and it I just thought oh that makes perfect sense basically uh the post is uh it's a four horsemen of the apocalypse meme and uh the people in the picture are Gandalf um from Lord of the Rings uh, Dumbledore from Harry Potter uh Merlin from the Disney film The Sword and the Stone and finally Rummish sitting in his tree waving <laughs> Um, because they're all wizards. I know. And that post got over a thousand upvotes, and I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. Minor social media fame. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Frank, having having boarded the having boarded the mechanical conveyance that he helped invent, uh, managed to travel about six and a half miles to Fulton, which is further, presumably, towards the outskirts of London. Which yeah, that's it's actually in, a really in, good job. My yeah, it's, in, it's definitely a my suburb. go-to strategy for if if I were to do this, I probably would have done the same thing because my go-to strategy for any of these tasks that involves putting distance between oneself and the taskmaster house or the taskmaster assistance would be to run as fast as I could for. There's actually I looked this up on Google Maps. There's a bus stop directly outside the taskmaster house like like 200 feet up the road my my thing would be to take public transit as fast as i could as far away as i could for any of these tasks because i'm sure there's there's going to be one later on that like hide from alex and my my role my entire thought from that if we if that's whenever comes up is to hide on the circle line or something and and see how long it takes him to figure out where i am that's that's quite the idea. Sorry, I just have. My, if if we have if we if it ever is one, my my end goal would be to take like a camera from the camera crew, run as fast as I can, and when Alex presumably can't find me, call him, and it would cut back to me sitting at a table on a Eurostar train with like Paris in the background, as I'm like, "Hey, Alex, you'll never believe where I am," and that's like, and we see how long it takes for him to find me. Oh Jesus! Because that, I know that, I've won. That could be. I d- I don't know how long you'll have, but I I think this is why the task is more of like, um, fine. Well, the I think there's one in something. season. Th- yeah. Well, no, I think there's one in season three where it's like, hide from the taskmaster's assistant, longest time hidden wins. I think no, there's one that's something like I, that. Well. I don't think so. I watched series three not too long ago, and I don't think there is. It's it's in one of them, but uh, I could be wrong. I could be misremembering something. We'll see when we get there. But that's that's my plan for a lot of that is run as far as I can via public transit. Um. Anyways, moving. We're nearly an hour in. We're nearly an hour in. Yep. This is fun though. We. uh, I'm just going to read you the notes I have for. uh, Tim Key, and then I'll explain why I wrote this. So it first is balloons, question mark. Why, question mark. There's a van, exclamation point. Tim, exclamation point. Tim, exclamation point. On the roof of the van, exclamation point, question mark. Why, question mark. Because Tim Key had elected to take this papier-mâché rock and in his infinite wisdom, 
had decided that the best plan of action was to get it as far away as he could from the Taskmaster house vertically through the use of helium-filled party balloons. God. It's Tim like, Key oh. did this despite the fact that the Taskmaster van, which we saw in Whittacombe's film Man vs. Machine in like episode one, is fucking sitting behind him. It's there. Some Turkish people, probably working for slave wages, made that van specifically for the purpose of hauling away large and unwieldy objects. And you're going to let their work go to waste while you fuck around with helium balloons that would look out of place at a children's birthday party. Like, he tries to throw it into the air at one point and is shocked when it doesn't fly away as if this was in any way going to happen, as if he was somehow going to magic it off of the, off of the ground and free it from the surly bonds of Earth. It's a rock that you tied like nine balloons to, Tim. It's not going anywhere. And I don't understand how you didn't get this. At which point, he saw, like, with this took him half an hour or more, 40 minutes almost, to come to the conclusion that he should just put it in the van. Except because Tim Key evidently doesn't want to win this challenge, he decides that in the van isn't going to work. He's going to put it on the van. Like on the roof. Fuck logic, I guess. That's why. Um, He puts it on the roof of the van, doesn't take the balloons off. He takes the time to strap it down, but not cut the balloon straight. What even, what even is logic? drives away. And just drives away. And he gets 2.3 miles because he's a fucking Egypt. And I just can't deal with it because the van was there. The van was there. Alex Horan probably thought that he was going to take the van. That's why they pulled the van around, and then Tim just fucks around with balloons for 40 minutes, and I can't deal with it because it because it's too much. Fucking why? Fucking why? And I don't then, know. And then too much. we get and then we get finally someone who does this fucking properly. Josh Whittacombe takes half an hour to call a cab. He doesn't call a van, he calls a cab. But it's a guy who shows up in, I think, like a VW Caravel van, and he puts it in the back of it and tells the guy to drive as far as he can on the M4 in the half an hour he has left. That man gets 20 fucking miles and then takes a selfie with the boulder in Windsor. That man deserves whatever they paid him, and Josh deserves all the points that he gets. Direct quote from Whittacombe, I hate to say it, but I'm probably make what makes Britain great. Can I say and two things about Josh? Glares at him. Yeah, can, oh, yeah, can I say... Yes, you can. Uh, one thing now, because you stole what... Uh, the, I had the point about Romish glaring at Josh, and you stole that from me, and I will never forgive you. I uh, had it... Ri- I had it written down in my notes. So did I. As Ramesh glared at him. So did I, bitch. Anyway. That was, um, that was at 16 minutes and 38 seconds into this uh, into this what TV you, show, oh, well, of which we've gotten an oh, hour well, and we've here's what you five didn't, minutes into Here's what you didn't mention. Um, Josh Widdicombe, in this task especially, 
feels like Roshim, but so much more com- competent and relaxed. Like, there's a point where Josh is just sitting on top of the boulder with a cup of tea next to him, just not doing anything. He's the, the man is not phased. He's he he hasn't got a care in the world. Uh, but may and I think it, maybe it would have been really funny if he'd if he'd failed in this task, like he'd gotten like Ramesh's van driver or something. But this is basically what Roshin could be if Roshin was in any way, shape, or form competent. Yeah, but jo- Josh always he, he he never he never lost his mind. He he just stayed calm and let other people do the work for him. Um, and hence why that's he won. What makes Britain great. Also, I have yeah, a. That's, I have a. Is, you forgot to mention something. Uh, when um, Ramesh was talking about his experiences with Mo, after Mo had picked up his boulder, uh, he said, um, "You know when he and he said when when Mo came around, he said some idiot wanted me to go to Camber Sands." Yeah, I I did have that. Also, other quotes from Ramesh. Did you have to look at the iPad for that fact when it's revealed that that Ramesh didn't get that far of a distance? And a follow-up quote from uh, from Greg Davies after it was revealed that Mo went the wrong way at Ramesh's direction. Just to be absolutely crystal clear, all of this is your fault. It's like which that Ram- is Greg Davies in a nutshell. Ramesh right is there. Ramesh is the captain of his own sinking ship. And there's nothing he can do about it. Uh-huh. He, he wasn't sinking when he got on it, but he pointed down where he wanted to go, and no, and he's just saying, I'm going to go now, because I said I was going to go to the bottom of the ocean. And I'm not going to admit that I'm wrong. If, if a sh- There's a box at the bottom of the ocean. That's why the ship is sinking. If it, the thing he is- wants to get the box. If a ship crashes, um, the everyone has the right to escape, except the captain. The captain has to go down with the ship. He has to because yeah. the captain was obviously leading the charge, and they have to suffer alongside the ship for the mistakes they made. Mm-hmm. They could they couldn't lead their people to their final destination, and they have to pay the ultimate price for it. And that's what Ramesh is doing. Although I should point out that in modern maritime safety, it's actually inadvisable for the captain to go down with the ship because there needs to be someone present at the resultant maritime investigation. So now it's more acceptable for the captain to be the last person off the ship, um, unless absolutely necessary, which um, Google the Costa Concordia disaster for an instance in which the captain most definitely was not the last person off the ship. Um, Do you know uh, about this um, woman who who survived the Titanic and its sister ship, the Britannic? Violet Jessup? Yes, I do. Yeah. She's, I think her name, I, I think she was nicknamed Lucky Violet or something. I don't know. Something like that. She, Violet Jessup went through some shit back in the days when, you know, some shit normally involved, like, diphtheria or typhoid. And uh, she just, like, she told Poseidon to fuck off in two separate instances. So uh, that's 
that's her done. But um, meanwhile, yeah, so winners for this task, uh, Josh Widdicombe, obviously, Frank Skinner second, Tim Key third, Ramesh Ranganathan fourth, and uh, Roisin Kennedy, a well-deserved fifth. So give us the points now. Uh, scores uh, so far, Josh has uh, got maximum points. He's on 10. Frank and Rome- Frank's on 8. Ramesh and Tim are both on 5. And then Roisin is on f- 2. Nearly said 4. Don't know why. Yep. And then now we come to task 2, which is arguably one of the most disgusting tasks I've seen. Considering I'm the one with the cold, would you like me to talk about this one? Yes, I would, because this one's also quite mercifully short, so that you're you're not going to be um, straining your voice too much. Oh, but th- then I've got to talk about the um, I've got to talk about the make the Swedish person blush task. I can help with that. No, nah, more. I'll be all right. Um, I will survive. Oh, uh, Gloria Gaynor. Um, so the mm-hmm. task is grow the longest nail in ten weeks. Uh, we start with Frank. It it Frank's done quite a good job. It sticks out quite far. Uh, a cool thing that goes on in this task is that Alex has like a a camera that can broadcast, uh, like a flexible camera that is broadcast uh, straight to the big screen, and uh, we can Frank's nail is on is on display for the whole studio, and everyone can see it. And it measures in at uh, 2.1 centimeters. Uh, Josh takes a more interesting approach and grows a toenail, sadly not on the foot that has uh, Greg's name tattooed on it, or else we could have seen that again. Oh, that's right. And his is uh, 2.8 centimeters. Uh, It has basically curled over like a talon, so it's not pleasant. I should mention that this task is not for people who are disgusted by... Excuse me, gruesomely long nails. Uh, Roisin bit her. This task is also one of the only ones that I remember that actually took place in the studio. Like, like it was like this and the gift task are the only ones that didn't go to the taskmaster's house. The live tasks as well. Well, the live tasks are different. Like this is a pre-record task that goes to a uh, that like. To do something with it, the this and the gift tasks are about the only ones that do that, which I think is a little interesting. Uh, yeah. The- also, I want you to know, I found a ruler in my desk drawer, and I'm literally measuring the toenails right now. So, uh, I did. So not, I, I did not need to know that. I did not need to know that. Damn, I got short ass toenails. <laughs> but considering that, how big my feet are. If we hadn't have chosen. Uh, Prepare for alcohol poisoning. That would probably be the episode title, but we're not going to make it the episode title. We could title this a different thing on different services just to really fuck people. No, we're we're, we're mean, but we're not that mean. Uh, Anyway, oh God, I'm quite scared to talk about Ramesh's because Ramesh has some pretty disgusting feet. Uh, Topped off by the fact that... Yeah, Ramesh's I just had labeled Dear God. That that was what I labeled Ramesh. Like at, at first glance, um, I wasn't. You couldn't have. I wouldn't have noticed that Ramesh had like painted a face on his toenail. I, I thought it probably looked like it stubbed it quite badly, and it was bruised because it was incredibly dark. Yeah, it's like a deep red color. He must have borrowed his wife's nail polish. 
Yeah, that's possible. What, also, why would you do that? That's that's. And then, listen. I don't profess to know what goes on inside the mind of the angriest man on earth. No, wouldn't the angriest man on earth be someone like Gordon Ramsay? Gordon Ramsay is surprisingly chill when he's not doing uh, hell's when he's not doing um the the yelling at cooks portion of his show. He actually came to where I live to do one of his American episodes for one of the really <clears throat> awful restaurants in town, which is all of them, but also this one in specific. And it actually he actually did a charity walk thing when he wasn't, you know, telling the owner that he was stupid. Which I actually feel I feel really bad for him because at one point he asks, is there any place in town I can get real food? And the waitress, who I probably went to high school with her, uh, recommended the other local restaurant in town. And let me tell you, as someone who lives in that town, that restaurant is not a location for good food. And I, but it's that it's at that time, it was the only place to get any sort of food that wasn't like a chain restaurant. The chain restaurants aren't great, but they're light years better. Fair enough. I mean, Gordon Ramsay doesn't do a lot of stuff over here anymore. He's got a show coming up on BBC One, but it's more of like a light entertainment game show. So if he swears, it probably won't be out of anger. It'll probably just be to make people laugh. My favorite favorite Gordon Ramsay uh, moment is still from The F Word when James May made a better fish pie than him. What do you do? I don't think I've seen the F word. They had a competition where the F word uh, was basically it was a cooking competition where a celebrity would meet with Ramsey in Ramsey's restaurant and they would have a cook off and then it would be judged by the guests of the restaurant. And James May spent the entire time getting drunk on white wine, putting together this abysmal looking fish pie. Well, Ramsey, you know, did it properly, and they sent it out, and the the restaurant customers judged James's fish pie oh, to be much God. better. Imagine being so. Uh, also, James, James May is amazing. Also, James May. Also, James May. In that same episode, they were doing a thing where they had to eat rotten shark because it was some like Scandinavian delicacy, and Ramsey vomits into a bucket, and. James May actually swallows it just fine, looks at Ramsey and goes, you disappoint me, Ramsey. Are you any... Which is like James May's most badass moment in off of Top Gear. Or Grand Tour. He's got... Uh, uh, James May actually has a cooking show now that's on Amazon. Yeah, oh, cook. It's, it's, they did that fish pie on it, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. Although I will say a controversial opinion... Um. The Grand Tour is not as good as old Top Gear because they script it way too much nowadays to the point where a lot of the things that they do are are scripted versions of what they used to act like. And it's almost like they've exaggerated it too much to the point where it's not funny. I mean, like, I can agree with that. The celebrity brain, yeah, the that, celebrity brain crash it it on that. the Grand Tour... They did drop. They that. dropped it because it wasn't funny, but they made us endure it for two whole seasons. No, it was only one season. It, for the first ser- first series, it was uh, obviously Celebrity Brain Crash with the um, 
celebrity dying with the, with the killing of the celebrities and then jane, jane honestly does that mean it's they're not coming on then he's not coming he's not coming the on only then. time jane... my honest to god oh i, I, I we, we're talking all over each other and we can't decide who you say what you want to say first Honest to God, my favorite top year challenges or Grand Tour challenges is probably the the cheap car challenge from like season three, when they have to buy a car, drive to Manchester and back for the less than the price of a train ticket. And it ends when Jeremy reveals that he bought like this Volvo 740 for a pound. And it's it's one of these like it's nothing about it is scripted in the slightest and it's just absurd because these two because there's no real like forced anything i think like that and the uh the cheap porsche challenge where it kept breaking down is really good and maybe the uh the convertible uh renault espace bit because those are all like they're genuinely just that incompetent, but they're also that genuinely funny. I I do. What were you going to say? What I was going to say was, um, they they obviously they dropped Celebrity Brain Crash for the second series, uh, in like a the announcement for this was in like a short YouTube video, and um, Jer when Jeremy says they want us to drop Celebrity Brain Crash, Brain Crash. James said, oh, does that mean it's not coming on again? And that was the only time he said that, that it was genuinely funny. Mm -hmm. uh, then there was a Celebrities Facing Off, which was a bit better because it allows for some more some more interesting faces to do drive cars, basically. And then we got nothing fuckle for the third series. And then for the fourth, we're not even having a studio. Yeah, which I actually was not entirely on board with for not having a studio because the studio element is where a lot of the fun bits come from like honestly i'd have watched them do the news for 45 minutes but you know we can't get that and then then they have the the track which you know it's okay but it got got a little dull after a while because they would always do like uh we don't want to make it's like you we know, don't want to make this a cars podcast we could do it if you'd like to hear a separate special episode on my thoughts on the grand tour slash top gear please write to us at ytsnpod at gmail.com now i have one more thing to, um, can i say one more thing on to, i do yes, this is yes. a common thing in both uh top gear and the grand tour and it's the um the inappropriate signs. Yes. On, on like doors and stuff where like they open it up and it's cause it's like Peniston biscuits and they open it up and it just, yes, that, yes, that that's always, that's always so much fun. But the problem is that they always make it, it it's not perfectly done. Cause you always know that the gag is coming, but it's still, a good gag yeah but i i'd always because they, it's always like oh we have to make fake sponsors it's like if you just said we're gonna write the th something on the car so it's just penis when we open the door it would honestly be a lot funny yeah all right um 
that was briefly a Top Gear slash Grand Tour podcast. We that haven't even talked about Tim Key for um, the toenail task. Uh, Tim, which is my favorite excuse that I've ever seen. Uh, for should I say? Should I talk about it? So yes, um, yes, Tim do. Key uh, withdraws from the task um, because he played an, a character in um, what was the play called? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, it, I, it's not that. I don't I think, think it was something matters. tree or something, but it was at the old Vic Theatre in London. And anyway, Tim's character, um, he was very it. nervous and bit his nails. And um, so he couldn't compete. So he couldn't take part in the task. And when they said you could have grown a toenail, he says that he, he gave his character a backstory so that his character couldn't had to bite his toenails when he was afraid. So he couldn't do that either. And he was hoping that he did it because uh, the task would be uh, forfeited entirely for everyone. But Greg is not that uh, nice to Tim. And he just says, fucking suck it up. You've come uh, last. You've come last. Which I would like to say that after measuring my toenails, I don't really know how much longer they could get without like coming to a point where they just start breaking off naturally from like wearing shoes. But mine are like 1.8 centimeters Oops, to 2 sorry. centimeters. So I don't think I'd have done very well. My, uh, I bite my nails on my fingers, so I don't think I'd have done Sorry, very I'm just far. topping up the uh, water in my water bottle. That's, that's fine. It's, it's me talking about my toenails. I don't think you really want to. Uh, Neither do the, I think that. the viewers at home would rather listen to water slowly trickling from a jug into a, a water bottle than hear about you discussing your toenails. As we are, are seventy, about seventy-four minutes in. Yeah, how far? Yeah, hour and thirteen minutes. Jesus Christ. Anyways, moving on. What are the points? We need the points. So then we get right. on to the next task. Because if we get right. on to the next task, we'll be close. Points to the quick. End. Wait, I've just realized that we haven't done Taskmaster Joe this episode. Because all of these are objective things. There's no way to make to award someone more points for. Ha- Having a longer time, but we haven't. We haven't. I can't. We, you didn't do it for uh, the prize task, and you didn't do it for the. Uh, we basically because the prize task, the prize task is objective. You can't make the Peugeot four hundred seven cheaper than the uh, than the ring. I mean, more expensive than the rings. It's it's a monetary value test. There is going to be a, uh, and we like, have- even for the next couple of tasks. The uh, the like they're all objective in this one, like because there's like you did it faster or you did it slower. That there's no way to get it in a way that no that more points could be awarded. We also we also abandoned what we were gonna what we would saying what we would bring in for the prize tasks, but I guess we could start that again in the oh, yeah, series. Unless you have something you want. I mean, I just. Most valuable item I'd bring in a wad of cash. That's not a bad idea. That's it's like go full lolly out of fope there and just bring in a wad of That's money. a spoiler alert for a future series. It was a great reveal in that episode. It deserves to be mentioned ahead of time. I'd probably just I'd probably but, bring um, in like my phone or my laptop or something. Because they're worth a a pretty penny. But probably not as much as Frank's. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, I wouldn't because, of, but um. Anyways, yeah. Task Wait. The scores. Three. The scores. The scores oh. are scores. Josh five. Ramesh four. Frank three. Roshi two. Tim one. Overall scores: Josh perfect fifteen, Frank eleven, Ramesh nine, Tim six, Roshin four. Ramesh, and uh, sorry, not Ramesh. Josh's maximum points so far, which has yeah. not been done yet. But anyway, the team task over to you, Joe. The team task, which takes place in two separate locations, I would like to point out. One of them takes place in the pavilion that's near the taskmaster house i don't know exactly where it is the other one takes place at the sporting arena it's one of the only times i've noticed that the team task locations differ they differ a bit in series 10 but, because of um social distancing and stuff uh, but this yeah, is the only one that really I, I haven't seen season 10 oh yet. well um a couple team tasks uh some one one of the team filmed their tasks before the first UK lockdown, and the other team filmed their oh. task afterwards. So there's social distancing measures in place for one of the teams. Oh, I see. But um, anyway, I can probably put so the uh, I can probably give you a rough idea of where the uh, bandstand, as I would call it, and the tennis court are. Yeah, I I saw it on Wikipedia somewhere. I think when I was Googling tennis. I think the tennis court are part of Duke's Meadows, not... which is a golf club tennis court place that's literally right next to the Taskmaster House. And this yeah, is quite important. It used to be the gate, Taskmaster House used to be the gatekeeper, the groundskeeper's home. And then yeah, and then the bandstand. Um, it's just along the River Thames, about a five ten minute walk away from the house. Yeah. So um, anyways, the, t the team task was make this bed to hotel standards while holding hands. <clears throat> time stops when you get into bed. Fastest time wins. The teams, as we have, as in all the team tasks this, this season, is Ramesh, Rosine, and Josh versus Tim and Frank. Now, before we begin, I do have a question for you because you are in. I am. I am. What the fuck? is going on with that sheet with buttons on it. What the fuck is that? That what with buttons on it? There's, at multiple points during this, they are trying to take a cover or something and stick something into it, and then they have to button it up. Use a quote, quote from one of the people, you can use your thighs as a button okay. table. What Let is me that? explain. Okay, I just want to clarify that a buttoning table does not exist. It's just a word they made up. I no, no. I I gathered that, but okay, what so, are they? Okay, buttoning? so what you got to do? So in the UK, um, when you so there's a duvet sheets like you put over the uh, duvet, right? What is a duvet? Okay, so because. I feel that the definition may not have right, so may not we'll have translated the, um, So the mattress, I think you know what the mattress is, right? Uh, then yes. there's pillows. Yes. Um, and the duvet is basically the blanket that goes over you while you sleep. Okay. In, and then, so for how an American bed is, is made up, just as a comparison, my bed behind me is mattress, a mattress pad that goes over the mattress so that you can have more comfort on top of the original mattress. 
Then there's the sheet, which is fitted. It's a fitted sheet. Then the blanket that I sleep under is called a comforter, which is seems to be similar to a duvet, but there's no way to remove the inner line, the inside. Oh, of it. well, and then so basically the so the duvet basically it there there is like a in something you put over it. It's like a large pillowcase basically. And it has buttons on the end to prevent it falling out, basically. It's, it's a pillowcase for a blanket. Yes. Okay. It, it basically, I want to you point stuff out that... The, uh, the raw duvet itself inside. Uh, it's a very difficult task, especially if your uh, duvet is quite heavy. You stuff it in and then That's... button it up, and it just stops the inside bit falling out. That's nuts also we don't have that in the united states actually as someone who has slept in literally hundreds of hotel rooms over my life in a united states hotel the order would go mattress presumably some sort of bed bug protector then fitted sheets top sheet which is this you know really tightly fitted to the bed sheet then then the blankets, then the pillows, and maybe another secondary blanket on top of that. There would be none of this duvet anything. There would just be a normal-ass blanket or maybe a couple. Right. So there is I, – I genuinely had no idea what they were doing with that because I, I was aware of what a duvet was from other things, but I, I had no idea that it but. It, it it only buttons to just keep it protect keep it protected and stop it falling out. That's really the only reason. There's at no point in my entire life have I ever seen anything related to being attached to a bed that has buttons on. Nothing. That's when I went to the states. I can't quite remember. Uh, I, I guarantee you that unless you stayed in some British-themed bed and breakfast, that you would not have had what would a, a, a What would a British-themed bed and breakfast look like? Imagine every stereotype about your country said by someone horribly faking an accent. Oh, so like a guy in a suit and a top hat and a monocle saying, Oh, good sir, would you like some more tea with your crumpets? Something like that. Basically... Basically that, but I was picturing, you know, some woman who thinks that Britain is so fancy because of Hugh Grant's accent saying tea and crumpets as opposed to a man. But yeah, basically. I mean, a lot of Americans think that Britain is just like basically Downton Abbey, but uh, they don't know about the road men. Uh-huh. Or I, I was just going to say the entire, you know, like, Oh God, Liverpool area, you know, sort of puts puts away the idea of British accents are sexy. Uh, don't say that to a Liverpudlian. Or, uh huh. What What are the odds I'm visiting Liverpool? I've never been to Liverpool. I okay. don't. I've never been to any cities in the northwest. Sorry. Although, if you are a Liverpudlian and would like to fight me over this, please email me at ytsnpod at gmail dot com. I think everyone keep in mind that at this point 
everyone's either unconscious, getting their stomach pumped, or Glaswegia. That that's exactly what I was just about to say. Although, do Mersey ciders drink a lot, or or no? I don't. I Is don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, they're unconscious too. So All right, we've fine. gone off on about fifteen um, different tangents during this podcast. What is yes, uh, this team um, task? Talk about what goes on. Uh, it is basically there is a bed sheet. There is all the accoutrements required to make a bed to hotel fashion. So sheets, duvet, duvet color, pillow, pillowcase, mattress, bed frame, everything like that. The mattress is on the bed frame. Everything else is stripped off the bed. While holding hands, the team has to put everything together and then climb into the bed. Fastest time wins. Uh, starting with starting with the youth, Rashin, Ramnesh, and Josh, uh, they have a very hard go of it because there's three of them. So Ramesh and Josh are doing 90% of the work while Rashin basically tries to not be in the way because she's holding their hands. They try swapping hands multiple times, which is an interesting take, except it always seems to end up in exactly the same way they started. So I'm not I'm not sure what they accomplished there. Why can Why can uh, Frank and Tim have done that? Because uh, Frank and Tim start off by holding each other's hands, and Frank realizes that thinks that Tim may have an advantage because he's Frank's right hand is out of action. But Tim reveals he's left-handed. Frank and, and both of their weak hands. Well, both of their weak hands are the hands that are exposed, and they never once thought to swap well, around. Well, first of all, Frank was around at the invention of the bed, and so therefore has been doing this for literally centuries. Also, they're just generally more competent, and so don't really need to. They just realized that they had made a mistake and then continued on anyways because uh, they just put the bed sheet together. Actually, quote from Frank, I saw an albatross make a bed like that in 34 seconds. I believe that was either from Frank. That or, was definitely uh, from Frank. That was definitely Tim, from Frank. From Frank. Frank, you know, the rhyme of the ancient mariner with the albatross around his neck. A uh, little known fact: Frank Skinner once met the albatross long after the ancient mariner had passed away. But um, but um, anyways, uh, they actually—it's you know, there's not a lot of specific details to say here they, it's a they, lot of grown-ass people fucking around with bed sheets and trying to button a do one thing that is worth noting is Romesh getting livid that they were at an, a disadvantage because they were basically slogging around a third person well i mean yeah but roshin could have been competent and then and alex didn't know that she wasn't when he made the tasks so you know, theoretically, they could have had an advantage. It's all Roshin's fault. Yeah, maybe maybe it um, is all Roshin's fault at the end of the day. Um, it's usually Roshin's fault. Um, but anyways, uh, end, of the day, uh, end of the day, they all climb into bed together, and uh, Tim and Frank walk away with this 10 eight. minutes, 57 seconds, eight. compared to, compared to uh, 16, 16.03 for the... Uh, youngsters. The, the youngsters. The t- for the youths. Yes. So 
two points apiece to so, Frank and Tim, zero to uh, everyone on the other team, which means the scores are Josh is still on 15, but Frank has caught up now on 13, Ramesh on nine, Tim on eight, and Roisin on four. Now, uh, it's my turn to talk about the next task, and considering my cold, I will do my very best. Uh, this is uh, the monumental task. Make this Swedish person per- Swedish person blush. That's quite a tongue twister, isn't it? Swedish person blush. Swedish person yeah. blush. As as deeply as possible. So, um, you have this task is the introduction of uh, a popular side character in the TMCU, uh, Fred the Swede. Or Friedrich. Um, so uh, Fred is just uh, hanging there. He's sitting. Uh, F- Fred, Fred the Swede is the most emotionless man you will ever see. He's literally just... I could... There's not an... He was stone-faced, but I could see him trying not to laugh at various points. Yeah, and that... that well, we'll talk, we'll talk about... Um, we'll talk about Josh Whittaker first. Because um, Josh was very unsuccessful in this task, and it really, really, re- and he really paid the price for it. So um, yeah, he was super uncomfortable. So I haven't made super complicated notes on this, so you may have to back me up on this one. So uh, the first thing Josh yeah. does is he asks Fred if he's ever had sex, to which Fred casually just nods his head and quietly says yes. Then um. Josh asks if he's ever imagined uh, Alex Horn's naked body and the uh, camera focuses to Alex and Alex looks down the lens in like a quite a... Yeah, my my notes say Alex is concerned. That's that's how that goes. Uh, then he, uh, he Fred reveals that he'd never thought of it before but he is thinking of it now. Uh, then Josh does a bunch more shit doesn't really matter because he barely gets anything out of yeah. out of fred so he just he, he, he broke the lab oh yeah he, he walked he, he he basically like trod on one of the plastic sheets and tore it down from the wall and that that got a laugh out of everyone so um doesn't go yeah. well for josh then it's uh franklin skinnerling um frank skinner who was present at the first when when God created the art of seduction, Frank Skinner was there to see it happen, because of course Frank Skinner is older than time. You're going to beat that dead horse until you break its body in half. I think this is hilarious, and the key to long running comedy is that it starts being funny, then it stops being funny, and then the continued repetition of it means that it will be funny once again. Mm. You. Also, we have like one more episode to go, so we might as well just keep on rolling. Fair enough. Can't wait till season two where you make a bunch of jokes about Richard Osman being so tall. Nah. What? Reaching too high for you? Eh. Eh. No. I'm. All right. Frank Skinner. Okay. Uh, immediately, he gets right up Jeez. close to Fred. Uh, notices how his. This, not a single hair in his ears. He doesn't even say that to try and embarrass him, I think, but he just he just treats it like an offhand comment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he does a yeah, he, he lifts, off, he lifts is... off his shirt to reveal his pot belly and um, which Greg says and looks then, like the belly of a teenage boy. Which um, 
<laughs> then I'd like to mention what Frank says oh, next. Can I? I want to talk about this. His bulbous vein. Oh, okay. Yeah, bulbous vein. Um, on his private parts. <laughs> Sorry, this, the bulbous vein that resembles a spot where the A forty. I think I got that right. Joins the A three one. The A forty three. The A three one five. And the A three one five, which I wanted pointed out that I looked on Google Maps, and did you know that the A40 and the A315 do not have a junction together? Because it took me 25 minutes to figure that out before I realized exactly why I was looking this up and decided it wasn't worth it. <laughs> oh, God. So, um... <laughs> research but, um, inconclusive. But Frank... Research inconclusive. Anyway. Frank once offered to give someone directions and she got a restraining order against him. God, that, that, that was so funny. I, I didn't... I'd know I watched that episode. I've that, watched this episode at least three or four times before this, just not even for research note purposes, just for pleasure. And I'd never really paid attention to that until I started making notes. And then I found it absolutely hilarious. It is really hilarious because that's just such a specific joke. And it's well done, Frank. Frank, it fucking Fred just did not emo. How did they find Fred? Well, what, I know, I know, I know. What was the criteria? I, I actually know this. So Fred briefly played in the Horn section, which is the name of Alex Horn's band. Oh, he doesn't live here anymore. I think he. I think okay. a couple of years ago, he fucked off back to Sweden and formed his own band. But that is how. Alex knows Fred. Okay. So, um, in Frank's got about thirty seconds to go. He's basically he's done very little. So he attempts to lick Fred. He sticks out his tongue quite away and just flicks it up and down. And you can see the tiniest twitch of a smile in Fred's in Fred's in the corner of Fred's mouth. But it's too late, yeah. Frank. Uh, Frank. I feel like this is actually a competition of make the the taskmaster be the most contestants blush. Be the most uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So yeah. right after, and immediately then, after um, Frank is Ramesh. Sorry, did you have something to say? No, I was just going to say Ramesh goes straight to uh for, to touching. Uh, f the first thing uh Ramesh asks Fred is if he will do whatever he asks him to or tells him to. And Fred says, probably not. And then Ramesh asks if Fred is okay with physical contact. Fred says he is. And then Ramesh starts patting Fred's body like a masseuse. Like, his, his hand is right on the side of his face, squishing it together. Um, then they start, like, getting a bit flirtatious. And R R Ramesh just completely loses his mind. And he starts going, never, 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 in... What, what, I, I wasn't even in line with the microphone when I said that. Uh, I won't say it again. Uh, and he just he just starts going. He he just does it in right in Fred's face, and Fred is fighting every single urge in his in every single muscle in his face is working furiously to make sure he doesn't smile. Um, but R Ramesh runs out of time. He apologizes to Fred, but gets a hug, and then um. Suggests that maybe they will continue to have fun.
Hello. <clears throat> Will you do whatever I ask you today? Probably not. Probably not? No. What kind of things make you blush, would you say? Don't know. What about somebody speaks to you really close up like that? Don't you find that a bit strange? Your ears are completely devoid of hair. You like physical contact? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Don't make work. Fred, I'm worried that I'm getting a bit of a hot belly. What do you, what do you think? Fine. Is there a reason you're not making eye contact with me? Not really, no. I couldn't make eye I have a surprisingly bulbous vein on my private parts. But it, it almost exactly resembles the point where the A40 joins the A315. <laughs> I once got it out in a park to explain to a lady directions, and um, it led to a cork. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Yep. I mean, I've got no idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm either going to make him blush or I'm going to sleep with him. I don't know which one of what it's going to be. You know what I'm talking about, though, don't you? <sighs> Fred, I think, I think you might have beaten me. I've got 30 seconds to embarrass you. Here comes the nuzzle. You ready for the nuzzle? Nuzzle, 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 nuzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No I can only apologise, but that was just for the task, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you want to go for a drink or whatever, let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, which one? Tim's next. Uh, Fred, yeah. Fred is asked to say a bunch of stuff in Swedish. Uh, by Tim, uh, and this is where the episode title is dropped. Uh, Tim asks Fred if he can say in Swedish, I like to parade around in my little denim shorts, and that gets everyone laughing. Hmm. Yeah, I it's Fred, Fred teaching sexy Swedish and like BDSM talk in Swedish is just ridiculous, but um. But it's, for, when I think of a love language, I know, think of Swedish. Yeah, so does no one else. Um, I just before we move on to Roshin, I feel that we should both say what we would have done to make Fred blush because Roshin, I watched her do it, and I'm like, I never would have thought. Yeah, of that. because I would have, I would have, I read that task, and my immediate thought was, well, I guess I have to kiss this man. I would, I would. That's, that's immediate. I would probably have just stripped naked right then and there. No, I think I would have just like, like I, I would have had the French kiss him because that's that's like nothing else in my mind would have even remotely appeared. It's like make this man blush. God damn it! I guess we're doing this. Too. The, no, the first the first thing that comes to my mind it's, is just get naked. I'd I'd get butt naked. They can always just censor whatever's not friendly for TV. Yeah, you and could. Then, that's that's a way to do it. And then um, I'd probably just um, probably to make the situation just even more embarrassing. You know the song um, "I'm Too Sexy" by Right Said Fred. Oh no! 
No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I, even now as I'm saying it, I'm not. On television? I'm not sure. I'm not. Wow. If I did do that, though, I'd probably be hailed as one of the greatest people of all time. I think you'd get bonus points just for gumption. But they might they might give me a knighthood after the show if I did that. Oh I, w- I won't sing the song because it's quite frankly... The thing is, I'm I'm a fan of the um, I, I'd, I'd name I I I probably would have sent we haven't ed, I haven't edited yet, but when I come to edit episode one, I will censor. Uh, I said uh, the wrong show by accident. Um, I will. I, I'm a fan of the show The Masked Singer, and I like to watch the versions of it from around the world. And there was um, I was watching the Norwegian version, which is good by the way. It's not the best, but it's still good. And the uh, the final two, uh, one of the two finalists, his final song, like his big final song, was "I'm Too Sexy." Oh my god! Who was it? It was just a. He, he was some Norwegian guy. He he was dressed as a moose. If it makes any. <laughs> uh, I I tried watching an episode of The Masked Singer and I couldn't. I like it. I like the UK I version. Couldn't. The US version's. I, I'm glad you do, man. But I, uh, I, I will say though, if anyone is going to perform "I'm Too Sexy" by Right Said Fred as their finale song, uh, the way that Moose did it is how you do it. He didn't win, and I'm glad he didn't win. But that was a finale-worthy performance. I'll, I'll say that. If we do a. Uh a video version of this podcast like they put on YouTube, we are going to have to put like a GIF of that Moose performance. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll put a link. Know, I'll put right? a link to it. Yeah, we're going to have to do something like that. But um, anyway, moving on to um, to somewhat more restrained sections, we have um the uncharacteristically competent rushing Kennedy. Can I describe? Who do I get to describe this one too, or are you yes, just going to spill my thunder at every possible yes, point? Uh, so, um, no, you Roshi... need to do it. I'm just moving you along a little bit. Thanks. Uh, Which I, I know is like pot calling the kettle black. But um, so um, Roshi, the first thing does is she she asks Fred if he's ever met anyone with three breasts. To which the answer is no. She asks if he'd like to meet someone with three breasts. Uh, Fred doesn't answer this question with words, but his face says it all. Uh, and then Roshin asks yeah. if he'd like to meet someone with four breasts, and he doesn't. Again, Fred doesn't really give an answer, but his face says not really. Then she um, asks if a third would a third breast be in sort of like the middle of the other two, or would it be round the back? <laughs> no, no, of course it would be in the middle of the Which other is two. Such an ins- of course, I, it would I be. I don't in the even understand the where that line of questioning. You have seen Total Recall, right? Of course, it's there. Sure. Total Recall, which is famous for a scene with with a three-breasted woman in the original Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I'm not a big. Short That's what I thought this was in reference to. I mean, oh, it's such a great movie, but for all the like stupid movie reasons. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger is all right. I'll be back. Uh, that's uh huh. There was a guy at my uh, just, secondary school who was obsessed with those, Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
For those of you watching at home, open up an incognito tab and Google three-breasted woman total recall. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Sure, fucking do that. Um, so yeah, if, if anyone would have rather have a third breast on the back instead of in, along with the others, they are clinically insane and should be locked up. Uh, and then... And please email us at whitehead.com at gmail.com to tell us about it. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you okay? Are you okay? Is that a better question? You've tortured the poor listeners. I'm... I'm fine. If they can't control their alcoholism, then that's not my problem. I haven't had a drop to drink since the 20-minute mark. I'm fucking thirsty. I've, I've still got my I'm water here. Done. Yes, we are nearly done. So, uh, Roshin does something smart. She makes uh, Friedrich bend down and put his head between his legs. And this gets the blood racing into the man's face. I've n- I never would have thought of that. Like, hand, hand, to, hand to God, never would have thought of that for a second. This is definitely one of Roshin's finest moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... This is Roshin's like most competent, most like ama- competent moments in the that show. Wa- that wasn't in episode two, aka the episode she won. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Alex has put um, all, all of the um, the shades that they made Fred go on, sort of like a a blush scale. <laughs> Josh gets Jasmine Shimmer, aka not very pink. Uh, these go in uh, uh, order of um, um, so Romit, so no, not Romit. Jo- Josh comes last, then it, with the jasmine shade. Then Tim gets cherry blossom. Uh, Frank gets fantasy rose. Romish gets puce, and Roshin gets satin ballet slipper. And the scores, mm-hmm. which are all just. Sorry, you say? The scores are... No, I was going to say, those are just great, uh, great mm. colors. Uh, so, uh, those, those are great colors. Broshin 5, Romish 4, Frank 3, Tim 2, and Josh 1. And this is where things start to get look a bit touchy for Josh after having a great start. Uh, he's still in... He's in joint first place with Frank, who are both on 16. Romish is on 13, Tim's on 9, and despite her fantastic victory, Roshin's in last on 9. And this is the live task, over to you. Uh, yeah, live task. Blow up the biggest balloon while blindfolded, you have 100 seconds. The balloon must be tied, and you can only have one of them. Uh, first thing to note, Josh Whittacombe has asthma. As a result of his asthma, he is deathly afraid of balloons. Because of course he is. Uh, also, note which I'm really disappointed by: the balloons have Ramesh Ranganathan's angry little face on them, and no one fucking no, notices. No, they have their. They all like, have the diff each other's. The balloon had. Do the they? Balloon, I thought the, they all had. No, Ramesh's the balloon. Face each on. of the balloons has the bl- the person who's blowing blowing it up's face on it. Well, that's even better, but they still didn't know it. You didn't know it. Um, meanwhile, I, I didn't know that, and no one else noticed. 
No one made any notice of the balloons having. It's not faces. really something that. It's not. It's not something that you'd sort of. It's not game changing. No, it's just. It is funny. funny. Um, but, but um. Anyways, uh, next note I have written down, Alex, you shit because Pop Alex Horn walks up behind Josh Whittacombe, noted, noted balloonophobe, and pops a balloon behind. That, that, because Alex. Because that is. That is. That is horrible, right there. That's it's super funny, All, almost as funny as blind men fighting with um Tim Key and Ramesh Ranganathan trying to fight each other over their balloons, which always reminds me of a joke I once saw online. Where what do you say if you see two guys fighting? Dibs on the one with the knife, and so um you obviously need to say that, but. But um, that's still really funny as as this is going on. This is a this is a riot of a hundred seconds. Um, Josh, they're having real trouble tying their balloons because they're blind. I would never be able to do this because I fucking can't tie a balloon at all. Neither can I. Like I just can't. Neither can but, I. But Josh makes this teeny weeny little balloon. That's like so and Greg, it's In Greg's funny. words, uh, Josh Whittacombe has blown his lead. Yes, he has. Um, Rasheen make it, made an enormous balloon. Actually, everyone made an enormous balloon except uh, Tim, who cheated. No, Tim did make an enormous balloon, but, um, but he didn't tie it during the 100 seconds. Yeah. but um, So Tim is disqualified. And there's this really great image of everyone standing with the blindfolds off, holding their enormous balloons. Josh Whittacombe, who's holding one about the size of a grapefruit in his hands, and he just looks and says, oh my god, this is my nightmare. And Josh Whittacombe could have really, run, won his third episode in a row here, and he literally... It literally... It, it, it literally just went so downhill. He it went so downhill. Yeah, Josh so, Whittacombe blew his lead. So the results, uh, so scores, Roisin 5, Frank 4, Ramesh 3, Josh 2, Tim disqualified. Which means the overall scores yeah. are, uh, Frank wins the episode with 20, Josh comes second on 18, Ramesh on 16, Roisin on 14, and Tim on 10. Which means yep. that the series score so far, uh, Josh is in the... Josh is in the lead with 85, then it's Ramesh on 81, Frank on 77, Tim on 70, and Roisin on 60. Yeah, it's, a, it's still a close race for first. Can Whittacombe continue to blow his lead? Come back next week and figure it out. Can, can Ramesh win his first episode and the series? Ramesh, for someone who hasn't done an episode, Ramesh has done well, but at the same time, that's what makes him so unlucky. Yeah, Ramesh Ranganathan, notedly unlucky. All right, um, I think so. Sorry, keep I going. I think that's that's an episode. I think that you're exhausted, and I, I am. My, I am shattered. It's it's, it's half eleven here, and it's nearly mid. Oh my god, go to bed. Um, so well, my headphones are noise canceling, so they play a sound back into my ear. So my ears actually hurt after using these a lot. So, so I'm about ready to be done. Uh, too. We'll wrap up with a couple things. Uh, Frank's gonna obviously one. He got uh, 
Romish's old car. He got Josh's blank check. Uh, I think Frank's going to put one penny less than the maximum amount on the check just to really piss Josh off. And of course, he won his yeah. price. Of- yeah, Frank did mention at the beginning. He, Frank did mention at the beginning that he that he wouldn't cash it, but it would be good to hold it over Josh's head. Yeah, if but- if he'd won it. And Frank did one. He got his ring back too. Uh, and he's got Roshin's shitty ring. Yeah. And he can read uh, Tim Key's book eight times. Yes. Or he can keep eight. He can keep one in each room of his house, provided that his house has eight rooms. Or, or if he has an octopus, he can let the octopus hold one in each tentacle. Yes, he could. Uh, anyway. Or if he has a uh, if he has a squid, it could hold it in all six of its arms, and then he could hold two. Um, if if Frank Skinner has a, a wife and two children, they can have two copies each. Yes. They can. Anyway, um, that's that's all from me. Uh, I'm pleased I battled through this episode despite having a cold. Uh, in two days' time, when we come to record episode six, I might be feeling better. God, I can't believe we've actually. Even even if we don't go beyond series series one, I'll be happy because at least we reached a decent endpoint. Yeah, I'd like to do more than that. So I, I do as do. well. Uh, I do as well. Show. Although we might take a break after recording episode six, just so we can obviously sort of rest our voices and uh, edit the episodes and stuff. Yeah, we are, Emerson is going to be the one editing because I fucking hate editing. And he said he'd do it. So he's going to probably edit them. And then we will hopefully come back and do a uh, season two. And then a season three, four, five, six, oh, seven, eight, nine, ten, Champion of Champions, Taskmaster USA, all these other things. I'm especially looking forward to, Champ- to Taskmaster USA because I watched a couple of clips they had online and I'm ready to tear that show a fucking new one. All right. So um, I feel that um, this is our end point. There. End. So um, I've been Joe. Uh, you know the email. Uh, I've been Emerson. And Alex has been Alex. I've been. And Frank has been old. Ramesh has been unlucky. Josh has now out 20 grand. And uh, Tim- Roshin has been uncharacteristically competent. And Tim has been nothing. Tim has indeed. Been nothing. Use the fucking van next time. Why? Why? Never mind. Let's let's stop recording. Bye, everyone. Before I bye. Two hours. Goodbye.